Who'd like to make history? Yeah, we would. Who'd like to change history? That's all of us, right? One degree or another. Here, here's the bad news. You cannot change history. Um, you can make it. You can study it. You can learn from it. You can do something about it. You can spend your time differently because of what you learn. And you have the capacity, the ability to choose to use the time you have for good from this day forward. You might not be able to change the past, but you can change today and what you live for today. In fact, time is the most valuable resource we have. If you think about it, I mean, like, you know, people say time is money, that's true, right? But you can always do something to make more money. There's always more money to make. There is not more time to make. There is nothing you can do to make more time. Rick Warren said it this way, time is your most precious gift because you only have a set amount of it. And when you give someone your time, you are giving them a portion of your life. The greatest gift you can give someone is your time. It is not enough just to say that the relationships in our lives are important. We must prove it by investing time in them. Words alone are worthless. Relationships take time and effort, and the best way to spell love is T-I-M-E. So I want to challenge you. I want to invite you. I want you to consider this because in the series, as we talk about the home, we've talked about a lot of great things that the ultimate thing that you have to consider is how you will spend your time. That means if you have kids in the home, how much time do you give them? How do you manage your time and prioritize your time and do the right things with your time so that you can spend as much time as you can with those that are close to you, grandparents, singles, divorced. It doesn't matter what our season of life is. God gives us relationships in our life that we get to choose how we spend our time. And people will say this all the time, like, I don't have enough time. How many of you said that, like, I know, I've said that, right? We say it all the time because we're in a culture that's addicted to busy. We're in a culture that's addicted to being busy, and we think we can put one more thing on our calendar. We think we can squeeze one more thing. How many of you are guilty of that? Like, people ask me, do you have time for this? Yes, I have time for that. I don't have time to squeeze that other thing in. I do it, and then what what does it do? It costs me something else. Because I'm choosing to prioritize. And so when you say, next time you're tempted to say, I didn't have time, I want you to stop yourself, and I want you to just tell the other person, I just didn't prioritize my time and make you valuable enough. (laughs) Like, that's on me, right? Tell your kids that and see how that goes. I had a friend who did this, and I want to use this as a a visual today. he, uh, this person, and, and this would be different for all of us, but he, he got a, a, a jar of marbles and he put it by his nightstand and he said, he counted out the marbles. He figured out how many more days he had until his kids graduated and left home. And he put one marble for every day. And every morning, moved a marble. Now, this jar, if you're not a parent with kids at home, it could, it could mean a lot of different things. It could be the number of days you have left in your life. Now, you don't know that number, but every day, <laughs> you're moving a marble, and you don't know when they're going to run out. It could be the number of days you have every month. That's 
I mean, the number of hours you have every month or every year or every season of life, that's pretty constant. It's a gift. But here's the thing. We're always moving marbles from one jar to the other. We're always emptying this jar. And we're choosing how we fill up and what jar we fill up on the other side. So as you leave today, we're going to give you a marble. And I want you to take it and I want you to put it in your pocket, maybe. Put it somewhere you'll remember it. For me, put it, putting that marble or sometimes a little cross in my pocket is a great way to do it because then when I slip my hand in my pocket and I just feel that marble, it reminds me. And I want it to remind you as you go to be intentional with the time you have because it is valuable. You could say it this way, what you dedicate time to will flourish. This is kind of, I would say that's a proverb, okay? That's a proverb. You know what a proverb is? A proverb is a wise saying that's generally true about life. <laughs> I mean, there are times in life when you apply a whole lot of time to something and it doesn't really flourish in the way that you'd hoped. And that can, be, that can, be, that can create defeatism. And I want you to understand, like there is no guarantee. God is not a vending machine. You don't just plug money in and get out, you know, a prize at the end of the day. You might invest time in a relationship and it might not flourish. But the likelihood is that whatever you invest your time in is far more likely to flourish. And if you invest time in relationships, they are far more likely to flourish. And I would say this, even if they don't flourish in the way that you'd hoped, it will bring care, it will build character. When you invest in your relationship with God, when you invest your relationship with other people, when you invest in things that really matter, these relationships that are core, and especially when we're talking about the home, when we invest in family discipleship time, in teaching our kids and helping them to come to know Jesus and to follow Jesus with their lives, it will, it will make a difference. And these are times when we have to manage a lot of responsibilities and there's, there's a rhythm to life. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this message with you especially today because I believe that as we move from one season to another, there are rhythms. There are rhythms to your week. There are rhythms to the year. There are rhythms in season. And summer is a great time for you to invest in relationships, especially if you have kids. There's a different rhythm to summer that affords you maybe a little bit more time to lean into that relationship. Maybe, maybe if you look at the summer months and you say, how am, I, how am I hoping and praying that my kids will grow, my grandkids will grow in their relationship with Christ? Timothy and Paul had this kind of relationship. Paul had invested a lot of time and energy in his young protege, Timothy, and, um, and he wrote to him, this letter, probably Paul's last letter, 2 Timothy. He says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Timothy had, we know, a mother and a grandmother who both invested in his faith and developed his faith. He had a mentor in Paul who is not related in DNA, by, you know, related to him, didn't share DNA with him, but he 
was a close relationship. It was like a home. There's, there's nothing that you can do to make history more than investing in those relationships that we've been calling home. There is no place like home. For the word of God is living and active. Timothy was taught the word of God from a young age. In Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says, for the word of God is active and living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. You see, you can want and long for your kids to know God, but if you teach them his word, there is a way in which when we get close to God's word, we, are, we begin to know God in a way that transforms us, that there's power in Scripture. When we learn the story of God, and so plant it in your kids' hearts. Make it a, the central part of your home. When the word of God begins to flow in your life, in your home, you will experience God in new ways. This is more than just hoping that something takes root. This is actually planting seeds that will flourish when you water them, when you allow them to germinate and to grow. You see, it's one thing to just hope for things. How many of us hope that our relationship with God will grow? in the next year, in the summer. Yeah, we all hope that. Um, how many of us hope that our relationships will flourish with others? Yes, we, we hope that, but, but just hoping that without doing anything about it would be kind of like if I said, well, I want to be healthy, so I'm gonna do one push-up a week. Or, you know, like Tuesday lunch is gonna be my healthy meal, but I'm gonna eat whatever I want the rest of the time, and I hope that at the end of the day, I'm healthy. I mean, good luck with that, right? I don't think that's going to work. I don't think you're going to flourish in that. So you, you, there needs to be some intentionality. And I'm encouraging you. I'm pleading with you. Hear me. I'm not guilting you today. But I'm encouraging you and pleading with you to use the time you have to do this. Impress the word of God on those close to you. Help your kids especially, if you have kids or grandkids, to know God's word incentivize them, give them tools, give them resources. The Bible, if you, if you don't know where to start and it's kind of like an uphill climb for you and you feel like you're not equipped, let me encourage you, we have plenty of tools to help you, to give you some handles. There's Right Now Media. Uh, a few weeks ago, we baptized uh, one of our young people, Caden, and, and the Right Now Media resources made such a huge difference in his life, opening him up to the Word of God. He went home, his mom told me later, that he kept saying that when he went to bed that night, he said, this has been the greatest day of my life so far. It's amazing what those little seeds can do. Plant the seeds, water the seeds, use the tools and the resources that we're equipping you to be the disciplers in the home. The Bible Project is another great resource depending on the age. It's a great resource for us as adults to grow in our faith. It has such a way of bringing the scriptures to life. Talk to us. If you have questions, call, text, email us. Let us know how we can help you. But, but make the growing in the word of God a priority. If you have kids, I would encourage you to incentivize as well. Okay? A little bribery is okay. This is sanctified bribery. 
Okay, when, my, when I was a little kid, I say this all the time, when I was a little kid, I think I was about first grade or so, and my grandmother bought me a set of Bible uh, story books, like a whole volume, of nine volumes of the, the, she told me she would give me $100 if I read them all. She, like, she just did go straight to, you know, like, bribery worked. Like, I read them all. And when I was a little older, my parents, um, my parents, we always had this family discipleship time in the morning. And, and, and so what I want to encourage you with that is to say, like, it does not matter if your kids respond with enthusiasm right away. Because I can tell you, like, the first thing in the morning when I was in middle and high school, we would get up and we would circle around and we would have a time reading God's Word in a devotional together and praying together. And I believe it was formational in my life. But here's the thing. Like, I was grumbling the whole way. I slept through half of them. Okay, so when your kids don't respond with enthusiasm the way that you think, the the, the heavens are going to break forth and they're going to start, you know, like it's not always going to be that way, but make it fun. Build this curiosity for God's word and then just know sometimes it's just going to feel a little mundane and that's okay. Like I don't remember every meal that my mother ever cooked growing up. I don't remember every meal around the family dinner table, but I'm sure glad that I ate them, right? So invest in the long haul. It will make a difference. Invest your time in helping your kids know the Word of God, and and then you really can't separate the two, but the other is learning to pray. If you do these two things, if you invest your time, especially if you have kids, again, in the home, if we make the word of God in prayer, if we're making deposits in those two areas, the likelihood of flourishing in their spiritual life will go up exponentially. What is prayer? Some of us might have a hard time with prayer. It might be an uphill battle again with prayer. Let me give you a very simple way to think about this. Prayer is this. It's these four things. Praising God, thanking God, confessing sin, asking for needs. Praising God. Prayer can be an ongoing thing. It can also, it should be an intentional thing, right? When we have times where we gather around the table or we gather around for prayer and we teach our kids to pray. Listen, be authentic, be real, be transparent, be vulnerable. If you, if you wrestle with the right words, don't, you grow, Right, But you be real about it and have conversation with God and focus on these four things. Because pray, praise, praise changes the environment. Praise does not always change the circumstances, but it changes the environment. It changes our perspective. When, because praise, what praise does is it fixes our eyes on God, the creator of the universe, our redeemer and our source of salvation, the one who holds all things together and the one who will put all things right again in the end. Listen, when we put our eyes on him, our problems look a lot smaller. And so we praise him, we lift his name up because it lifts us out of, of, of the, the gloom and the, the darkness and the brokenness of our world and what we're constantly bombarded with obvi- all, all of a sudden looks smaller in light of who God is. We lift his name up and we praise him and we give him thanks a heart of gratitude will change so much in your life. 
If you just practice this art, this, this habit of gratitude, of giving thanks, see, see, we're so fixated on what we don't have so much of the time, and we neglect to look and to realize and to recognize how much we do have. And simple, the simple act in teaching your kids. I mean, is there anything else that we need more right now than, than to, t- to help our kids not grow up to, to feel entitled? or to be focused on what they don't have and what they want, but instead to give thanks. What if they could give, what if they could truly give thanks? Now, again, I I realize I'm talking about parting the sea here somewhat, but what if you model it, right? I mean, it's not overnight. You're not gonna have gracious and grateful kids overnight, but I believe that if you plant those seeds over time, they will will work their way into their hearts and they will change them. Uh, uh, Confessing sin. How honest, how transparent, vulnerable. I'm not saying air your dirty laundry with your kids, right, or, or, or perfect strangers, but do you have people in your life who you can be honest with, who you can be transparent, vulnerable about your weaknesses, about your struggles, about your hurts, your hangups, your habits, people that are going to lovingly support you and cheer you on and encourage you to become the person that God? You see, when we confess to God and when we confess to others, it's one of the, the most important spiritual practices that we can do to, to, to flourish our faith. And then asking God, like presenting not a wish list, but being, God, God, can you help this person? Lord, you know this circumstance, this situation, you know this need, you know what we need, Lord, and, and inviting the Lord into that as a source, as our source of life. Teach your kids these things. Now, Knowing we should (laughs) is one thing, right? Knowing we should, though, tends to lead to guilt as a motivator. I would encourage you to to flip the script a little bit on that. It's not we should pray. It's not we should read our Bibles. It's we get to. We get the story of God is, is revealed to us. We get to encounter his word. His word becomes life to us. This is the bread of life. This is good food. This is water for our souls. We get to talk, friends, to the, commun- to the creator of the universe. We get to commune with him. We get to hear his voice speaking to our hearts as we begin to practice this. Friends, it is a get to. It is not a have to. And so teach your kids this. Invite them into this adventure. Make it fun. Make up silly names, you know, depending on their age. And, and let me just say this, too, to relieve your guilt. It's not a, 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 a want to. Or it's not a have to. It's a get to. Is that in our lives, like we haven't always got in our family, we haven't always gotten it right. And I'm, I'm not the most systematic, right? I'm pretty spontaneous. And we're going to talk about those spontaneous moments that you, that you seize, but like, I'm not coming at this from a, I've got a prescription for you. I can't do that. I can't tell you what's going to work for your family. It's partly how your kids are wired and how you're wired. But make it, make it intentional. Make it intentional. Make it purposeful. Make it meaningful. Make it engaging. But invest the time. Invest the time in the things that matter most, the things that you hope will flourish. In our home, it's, it's morphed over time. It's changed over time. Fam- Listen, if you're thinking, oh, he's the pastor, and they gather around and have, you know, sing the hallelujah chorus before dinner every night, and like, you would be appalled if you saw how it was at our house. There's usually like burping in the middle of the prayer or something crazy. Like, like I'm, like, I'm, I get it. Fr- friends, I get it. 
No, it wasn't my wife that did that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, a lot of times our prayers are, are clunky and, and, you know, we laugh, but that's part of it is like, where are you turning to? There are also times of deep, serious longing and praying and crying out to God. Make it a part, a central part of your life and invest your time in it. And it will over, over time flourish. With little kids, with teenagers, it looks different in different seasons of life. Here, here are the two components I want you to realize when you think about time. First is rhythm. There's a rhythm to life. One of the lies that we've believed is balance. There's this lie of balance, and here's what I mean by that. Listen, hear this, this is important. There's, there are messages that are telling us we have to be all in 100% in every area of our life simultaneously all the time. And you, friends, you, don't ha- you can't do that. You can't invest fully in your family and your job and every other, in your civic responsibilities and your parenting and your marriage and everything else. You can't invest 100% of your time all the time in all of those things you will wear yourself out and you will not be healthy. You will not have anything to offer to those. There are times when we tell the kids, sorry, mom and dad are going away right now because we're gonna focus on our marriage. There are other seasons of life where I know it's gonna be hectic and busy at work and hopefully I communicate that with my family and let them know like for a season. I had a friend who did it this way. He, he told his kids like for the next, for the next two months, I'm going to have to work late because there are projects and there are deadlines and it's going to require more of my time. So I'm going to be at work a lot longer and I'm not going to be around as much for the next two months. But at the end of that two months, we're going to Disney World. And I'm going to put my phone away and I'm not going to answer email and and I'm going to totally focus on you guys. And they were ecstatic. They were excited. He had little kids and they couldn't wait. And all of a sudden, every night when he wasn't home, to spend time to tuck them into bed for that little bit of time. They weren't upset about it because they were looking forward to and dreaming. And, and then he f- actually fulfilled his promise and he actually put the phone away and he actually invested. You see what I'm saying? Balance is about knowing the rhythm. Like real balance is not about trying to keep everything, all the plates, juggle all the balls all the time, but it's about knowing that we have to carve out time for the things that matter most and that those things come kind of in rhythm. So there's like a weekly rhythm, you know, that's in the Bible. It actually made the top 10 that every, y'all know that, right? Sabbath, it's called. Every seven days, you're supposed to shut it down. You're supposed to rest. The Jewish, the Jewish um, theologian talks about Sabbath as the, the one day that God uses to put back together what it took six days to tear apart. And this is part of the natural rhythm of life is you need to shut it down once a week for a day. God's wired us that way. There are also seasonal uh, uh, rhythms. I would say summer is, you know, like a good example of how, like, summer feels different than when we go back to school. When you get back to school, it's much more of a routine. It's much more, you know, it's much busier. There's a lot to, you know, your go, 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 go. It's going to feel like that in the fall, and that's okay. The summer's going to feel different, though. The question is, will you be intentional? You see, there's a rhythm, and then there's intentionality. Rhythm 
and intentionality. So rhythm is, it means to be steady, designating the times with commitment and consistency. Intentionality means to be studied, designing the times with planning and purpose. If we go back to the Shema, which we've been teaching through in this series, you shall teach them what? You shall teach the words, the instructions, the law, diligently to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your home and when you walk by the way and when you lie down, wherever you are, when you rise, always talking, engaging, being intentional. This is not a prescription. Whatever works for your family, weekly, daily, shorter, longer, more sporadic, You know, the season of life determines a lot of that, whether you're a grandparent or a parent. But how are you being intentional about teaching, about informing, about, you know, inviting? Jesus discipled this way. Jesus' discipleship times, you know, what was his family? His family was 12 dudes. Like, they hung out a lot together, right? And, like, they went, and he even zoomed in on three of them more than the others, But he did this. He taught first. There was teaching. There was information. He was teaching. Okay, you need to teach. You need to impart. You need to plant wisdom in your kids, especially when they're young. Tell them what the Bible teaches. Teach them. Don't assume that they're just going to know, but be intentional about telling them about the good news of of Christ. And this this involves different modes, different types of teaching in different types of, of, of seasons of life. But teach. Information is important. Information is only one part of teaching, though. Just because you've been informed doesn't mean you've actually been transformed. Just because you know something doesn't, about God doesn't mean you actually know God. And so Jesus brought them close, and he helped them see the rhythms. He gave them information, and then, and then imitation was the next part of his discipleship strategy. That he said he walked He walked the talk. I mean, he talked the talk and walked the walk, right? He walked it out. He lived it out in front of them, and he invited them to to follow after him, to be covered in the dust of the rabbi. Information, imitation. And then he invited them into this process of of kind of reflecting. I would say innovation because it needs an I, right? Information, imitation, uh, innovation. What is God saying to us? How are we learning? How are we going to change? How are we going to change our habits, the way that we talk, the way that we act? How are we going to look at ourselves and reflect on what God would want us to know? What is God saying to me, and what am I going to do about it? What is going to be different in my life? This is Jesus' discipleship model. Jesus invites us to walk this out with him. Jesus invites us to be intentional with our time, to take the time that we have and to dedicate it to him, to the things that really matter, to give our families time, to give our relationships time, to invest in those things. So carry this marble around with you when you leave today. And be reminded that when you dedicate time to things, whatever you dedicate time to, it will flourish. And so what do you want to flourish? Give your time to it. Be intentional. Be thoughtful about the rhythms of life. But, but most of all, put it at the center. Now, listen, some of us, depending on the season of life, you might be thinking, well, that's all fine and good. I wish somebody had told me that 30 years ago. Okay? Every day is a new opportunity. 
And there are relationships, whether you have kids in the home, there are relationships that God wants you. You still, listen, put your fingers right here. You feel that? That's a pulse. It means you're still alive. It means the jar is not empty yet. You still have time. You don't know how much, but you still have time. What are you gonna invest it in? I love how John, uh, John Acuff said it. John Acuff was the, one of the speakers at our workshop that we did on work, it was worship recently. And he said it this way, he, he, he's coined this phrase, you, you are not an acorn. You are not an acorn. You see, because we've bought into this lie of potential as well, like that you've missed your potential. Like there's a, there's a certain degree, like this is the curse, right, of like not living up to your potential. And especially as parents, like you need to realize that you're gonna, your kids are not gonna, like there are these moments where I see like there's some kid that's made these YouTube videos and they're making a million dollars like with like pictures of cats or something stupid. And I'm like, what is wrong with my children? <laughs> like do something useful with your life. Like... <laughs> You could be making millions of dollars and contribute. I'm sorry, I got a little distracted there. But don't live, don't buy the lie of, of potential. You're not an acorn. What does that mean? An acorn is a little seed, right, that goes into the ground. Roots begin to form. And out emerges this huge thousands Tons of lumber from one little seed. You hold like a handful of acorns in your hand, you're holding like a mile of the Appalachian Trail, John Cuff says. Right? And so here, here's what happens. A lot of times uh, we, we think that, that, that we missed it in life. Because here, here's the thing about an acorn. An acorn has this unlimited capacity. But it has a very short window. When an acorn falls to the ground, it only has a few weeks for that seed to germinate, to take root, or else it will never become what it could have become. And a lot of times in life, what happens is we, we feel like we've missed our window. But friends, the good news is you are not an acorn. You don't have this this potential that you miss a window and it's gone and it's lost. Listen, every day has potential. Today has potential. So learn from the past. Learn from history. You cannot go back and change it. In fact, the enemy would want you to just dwell on it. Look to the future and be intentional because you only have so many marbles. Don't lose them. I couldn't help couldn't help myself. <laughs> Invest them wisely. You're not an acorn today. Let's pray. Lord, help us to invest in the things that really matter. Lord, give us wisdom and diligence, intentionality. Lord, Release us from those chains we wrap around ourselves that say tomorrow uh, or, or yesterday defines us, that we're 
we've missed it, that we've lost our ability to do anything about the future. Today is full of potential. Might you know that? And might you invest in things that really matter? For those of you who are parents today, I just want to pray God's wisdom and his direction and his purpose in your life, that you might train your kids to know his word, that you might train them and equip them, that he might equip you with everything that you need to seize this moment. It is not too late, no matter how old your kids are, no matter what you wish you had done in the past, today is the day that you can be intentional about the time that you have to help them know God and his will for them, to help them learn to commune with God, to pray to God, to hear God's voice, and to walk with him daily. And so I pray that his spirit might be upon you and that you might use the time that you have for more important things. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.